Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. You want to be an actor? You need to study improv. Why? Because it helps you think on your face. Legs, elbows, feet. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Here we go. See, I always like to surprise Roxy every week with a cool song. Name the musical. Name the musical. I'm uh, singing your rain. Yes. Good. Well done. It took, it took too long. Did it take too long for, for me you? to? I, I was like, it's it's the, the make them last in the rain. No, no, no. Well, I'm telling you, there's a lot. And and Gabe, as a teacher, will confirm. There's a lot of people who these days would not know. That. Absolutely would know that. Absolutely would not know that. So well, uh, I absolutely did. Good for you. And I'm going to do a thing, guys. We're going to do an episode about what you should know. How you should have your knowledge of movies and I told you I suck at trivia. I, we're not going to make put you under the gun. Don't worry. We'll uh, have other people in. Not here. like we did in today's episode. No, not like we did in today's episode. <laughs> uh, so I am here once again with my fabulous, wonderful co-host Roxy Stryer. Yeah, joining me. Thanks, and John. today I have my good friend slash co-founder slash co-teacher at the Flux Comedy Dojo at Playhouse West. And uh, co-cast member of my play, Gabriel Greer. Thank you so much. I'm a lot of co's. Yeah. I like You're a lot of co's. Yes. 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 Uh, so what we're talking about today is improv. Now, last week we talked about um, why you need to study acting. Well, this is uh, another way of studying acting, in a, um, but it's very specific and it's very helpful and it's very useful Everybody today looks at a resume and wants to see you have some improv experience. And we're going to go into that today and explain why that is, a little bit of history, and how it helps in your acting and in your business. So off the bat, I'm not hearing you say that it's a substitute for what no, we talked about last absolutely week. absolutely not. It's no. additional. It's in addition. It's a, it's a very crucial skill. Some people say, well, I don't want to do five years of improv and do a sketch show. and all. You don't have to. We're even just talking... The basics are really, really important. Um, But before we start, we're going to get into the first segment of my shows every week, which is Sean's Week. Um, Sean's Week. Sean's Week. (laughs) Sean's Week. We're actually working on a fun. We're going to have a fun thing. We're doing it. Stay tuned for, I don't know, it'll never happen. (laughs) No, it will happen. So anyway, this week was kind of a horror theme for me, and I'll tell you why. Uh, First of all, before I came here, I worked with Tony Valenzuela on an audition just now. Tony Valenzuela, I did a, uh, he does Black Pox TV on YouTube. It's a big horror YouTube channel. He cast me in his first movie, uh, The Villisca, which was about a haunted house. In it's, it's a true story. It's the biggest mass murder of the 1900s. Um, and it turned into like the most haunted house and paranormal people go all the time. So I did his movie a few years ago. Then I just did a movie uh, music video with him like six weeks ago where he had me in prosthetics. And then he just brought me in today. So there's a real loyalty with uh, – it's you're, first of all, really lucky to get a director who wants to work with you a lot. Uh, and there's definitely a loyalty within the horror community, um, especially if a director and an actor combine the fans like to see – of. You know, familiar horror face all the time, and so I'm lucky to be in that kind of subgenre. It's not my hundred percent of what I do, but I'm really lucky to be a part of that. Um, I continued doing a production meeting with my horror comedy. We sat down and did budgets, and I have to do page cuts. I have to go from 98 pages to 90 pages to save money. I have to look at scenes. Is that a note that somebody specifically My gave producer you? literally was like, you don't understand. Like, that's three days of shooting. That'll save us a bunch of money. 
and I need to uh, change, look at some scenes and go, do you really need it like this? Can we do that instead of outside at a car or whatever? Could you move that to a different place, you know, to save the budget? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And so those were my marching orders. And then I have to do lists of the actors' names that I want for bigger parts that are in the horror community or will, you know, get funding. Um, so that was really great. And the one thing I do have is when I do make it, the horror community will be ready to respond because I go out and see them very often, like I did last weekend at Scarefest in Lexington, Kentucky. What is Scarefest? Scarefest is a horror I always have to make sure because you say horror convention, wow. people go, wait, mm. what? Mm. The You're going to Amsterdam? Mm. Uh, no, but a, I'm... Uh, yeah, thank you. Good a horror convention where you go with, uh, you meet fans and sign autographs. Um, Scarefest, there it is right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I met my girlfriend there four years ago. So she, they love her and they had her come with me and we sit at the table. Was and she a fan fans. of yours? And no, you... thank God, no. <laughs> like literally if she would have said, oh, did you come here to meet me? And she said, yes, I would say, okay, goodbye. Like Why? I, I don't, that would be weird, I think. To Well, you know what? I know a good friend of mine, Felissa Rose, her husband, literally, she's her husband was a fan of hers. That's how he met Wouldn't her. Wouldn't that be, that's kind of flattering. It's yeah. kind of sweet. No, come on, Gabe. It, okay, it's 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 either way. You know, you kind of have to gauge it because if she's just been staring at you the entire time from across the room, then you're <laughs> right. like, okay, thank you. Yeah, but yeah, if yeah. it's more casual, then yeah. you find out later. I was, that, let's that, put it this way. I was happy scary. to hear that she wasn't there to see me and that she honestly didn't really know who I was. That made it more authentic to me that to build a relationship off of. So, uh, But I go there and I sign autographs for people, and uh, it's just nice to meet your fans, you know? Who and you'll it, never, ever date. Who will. <laughs> <laughs> so don't even try it at home. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sean Whalen. Who would you like to go out? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God, I loved you and people on the stairs. My, you're attractive. Sorry, I can't date you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yes. Who, uh, uh, but it's great. They're really friendly. They're, again, very loyal. They've supported me. I did a GoFundMe for my movie, Crust, and they were all loyal and helped me out. So it's a great community, and it's very uh, – they're really nice, humble, fun people. So I loved it. I loved going to see them. That's pretty amazing. So let me introduce – Gabe Greer. Um, he and I met two years ago uh, when I did my play. He came into audition for like four parts that he never got to play. Uh, but he was so excellent. Good job, man. He was <laughs> so you. excellent in them that we were like, we have to we have to keep this guy around. He had a part of a quirky guy in my play, kind of a quirky nerd. And uh, Gabe is a very... A good-looking tall man, and I said, "You guys are crazy. Like this, this is not going to work. It, the whole point is you should be quirky-looking." Da 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 da. And uh, my friends uh, Kathleen Rendazzo and Doug Van Bever, producers, said he he can do anything. And I was like, eh. and then he just came in and like stole the show. It was amazing. And he filled in for other parts. We became friends from then, and then we started uh, the Flux Comedy Dojo at Playhouse West, and we've. When was that? That was about eight months ago. Eight months ago, yeah. Yeah, and then we're starting a uh, comedy troupe of our own with uh, me, Gabe, Kendall Chapman, and uh, Gabe's girlfriend, Stephanie. And what's her last name? Carpentieri. Carpentieri. I'm not going to say that. Carpentieri. Carpentieri. You nailed it. But you're Italian. That's why you say that. A little bit. A little bit. (laughs) So... uh, uh, so we're we've written some stuff, and uh, we're going to hopefully be putting some stuff up in 2019. Gabriel Greer, hello, thank you, thank you, hello. I will admit that when I saw you um, on stage when I came to see the show, and then afterwards I 
you were the only person that to me was unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. Like right. it was, and so many talented people, but they were more similar right. looking to who they are. And then yes. you came off. I was like, "There's just no way. There's no way." So you do. <laughs> you're a chameleon, my friend. I yeah. do. Uh, luckily, yeah, I did get that response a lot, and I think I, I kind of got a kick out of that because even before I started acting, just people who really you'd see them one way and then see them in an interview and go, "Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> yeah. not how they are at all." So yeah. You know, and then some days I talk like I'm Australian, like all day yesterday. And then Sean yelled at me, and he's like, "Why are you talking like that?" Can you explain what you're talking about right now? Because what? I just no. I called him, and he was talking in an Australian accent. And what I do thought, you got? I, I was like, "Hey, Sean, how you doing?" And he's no. Like, and at first I thought I had the wrong number. In all honesty, because his voice register was higher too. Yes. Well, because yesterday, like typically, I was actually talking like a New Zealander, and so my voice goes like a little bit higher <laughs> when I talk as a New Zealander. Were you practicing for something? That's what nope. I said. That's I just, what I said. I just I sometimes like, like walk around, and then all day yesterday, like once I start, then it just kind of goes. But I will. I, and I, I, but, I don't want to do that the whole. But here's show. here's my thing. It's like no, but my thing was I've known you for a couple of years, and you've never done that yeah. for to me. So <laughs> I, yesterday I was like, wait, this isn't like a thing that I'm used to. And so you artists, know, am I right? Artists. Yeah, so, artists. Here we so are. So strange. Yeah. So strange. So let's jump into it. What we'd like to talk to you about improv. Now a lot of people don't know what it is. Gabe, what would you say improv? Is. Well, I think that a lot of people think that comedy and improv are synonymous if they don't really know what it is. I think a lot of people's introduction to improv um, is usually sort of like whose line is it anyway and sure. those type of shows. Right. And a lot of comedians are talking about improv, but a lot of acting um, sort of philosophies are based in improvisational Right. sort of methods. Right. Um, a lot of people that came out of the group theater sort of have an improvisational... Yeah, there's, a, there's a dramatic kind of improvisational. Right. We're kind of talking about the comedy improv. Right. And then... Um, the, so what it is is basically you get... you Basically, you don't have a script. Right. You, you get an idea, and then you just kind of make it up from there. Exactly. And it, it's not all just... There is sort of rules set mm-hmm. in place yep. uh, to kind of help um, build a scene from nothing. Right. Yeah. And one of the first kind of rules of that is yes and. And you right. sort of need that to kind of grow. Yeah, a agree. Scene. Right. It's a so, so for anybody who doesn't know. So if anyone doesn't know, this is what a not agreeing scene was. Uh, so let's say Gabe was doing something with his hands and I say, Oh, I love that you're making bread. No, I'm petting a chicken. Yes, that would be the wrong thing to do. As opposed to. He said to, Gabe, but I stepped in anyway. I know, Gabe was I silent. That, I didn't yeah. know if he she was going to help. But, but no, that, that's perfect. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. that happens. Like a third person will come in and be like, no, that's a chicken. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, this but isn't he, a chicken at all. I'm working on this <laughs> spaceship. My but, trip to Mars. <laughs> yes. And I'm just standing here going, but I want it to be a bread. <laughs> so, so yes, yes and but saying yes, yes and, and adding. Be, and then adding information. So if he was doing something with bread and I said, oh, hey, Jimmy, the bakery loves your new recipe for bread. Yes, and that is why this bakery has been so successful is because of my constant innovations in bread making. So that's a yes and, okay? So Good for you that, but bakery, if you man. keep doing that, if you keep doing that, you can build a scene from that. So that's kind of what we're talking about. A lot of people go see these shows. They love to throw out suggestions from the audience, like you saw in Whose Line Is It Anyway? And it's fun to see people build scenes out of nothing. Why did you cringe at the first time he said Whose Line Is It Anyway? That that's people's introduction to improv. Is that not a good introduction? No, no, not at all. I I actually... Whose line it the British whose line is it anyway? Amazing was actually kind of what got me interested in it right. at all. I didn't even really know what it was, but I was so fascinated by it. So yeah, um, I I think just perhaps recent conversations like has had a negative connotation on whose line is it anyway. But it really is just like yeah. a, a fantastic show and premise and everything like that. So, so we're going to discover where did it come from. Its roots are uh, generally we were just talking before the show. 
come from a, a need to connect with the common man. Theater always had some kind of separation in society. And uh, it started in the 1500s, this style anyway, with Commedia dell'arte. It was in Italy. Italy? Yeah. yeah, Commedia dell'arte. Yeah. yeah. Commedia? Commedia dell'arte. Well, it says a D. Well, it's Italian. It's not... Mm. Commedia. That's no, better. Commedia. Commedia. Yeah, but you're going Commedia. Now right. do it like that, but with the New Zealand accent. A hey, Commedia so so anyway they so they wanted to bring stories to the people so they would go out with their uh, carts into town squares and put on these impromptu shows and so they didn't need big production and they didn't have a specific place where the people came and you know had to buy tickets and stuff they could just do some fun stuff for the public Right, they they'd go around Europe on these on these carts with their troops, and uh, the the scenes were basically based off of normal sort of characters that everybody kind of knew, and then they would do imp- improvised sort of scenes and plays based off of that. What do you right. mean n- normal characters? Everybody. So knew? there was sort of these stock set characters. stock characters, characters that had a certain personality. Was the, like, who was the clown? What was the name of the clown? The, uh... Are you talking about? Punchy, or yeah, like yeah. The, that became like Punch, like Punch and Judy. Punch yeah, and Punch Judy and Judy were was based off of Punch. From that was based off of right. This other, yeah. It's a bunch of Italian names that I I don't know. You would if if you read them, but there I'm was almost like the shopkeeper, the loud wife with the, you know what I mean, like that kind of like thing. the aristocrat, the servants. Yeah, everybody right. kind of had a place, and everybody sort of had these, and they would stock know characters. what they were. Yes, and then so that played out for a while, and then that actually died out for a long, long time. I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna kind of brush over Keith Johnstone and theater sports because there were two seminal people in the 19. 19- uh, hundreds that started, but Viola Spolin in the 1920s, she started doing theater games and same idea. She wanted to bring theater to the people and have them participate and get them excited so it didn't feel over their head. You know, I mean, this is what Shakespeare did with the groundlings, the real groundlings, mm-hmm. not the comedy groundlings, is to have the whole pit so they could just come and sit there. Um, and so she did theater games. Her son, Paul Sills, in the 50s, um, he was at University of Chicago. Her fun comes to die. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Why do we hate University of Chicago? That's, that is their saying. That is their coin. They have coined that. Second f- City or no? no? University of Chicago. Where fun, where fun comes, comes to die. I had no idea you that can, that's what Jeff it was. in the booth, if you want to look that up so that you know yeah. that I don't hate University of Chicago. I wow. went and I went and toured I, it. Until I'm I see. fascinated by that. That is. I didn't that's know that's either. And what a terrible way to sell your school. I, like, just legitimately <laughs> the worst, but they own it so hard. That's so funny Watch that they do. Watch me make it up. Wow. I, I hope I didn't just <laughs> Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? <laughs> Picture this All right. One. So then her son, Paul Sills, got together with Del Close. David Shepard at the University of Chicago, and they started doing a lot of this stuff and then kind of creating uh, rules to be able to make it teachable to other people. Is that right? Sure. Yeah. I I mean, like Second City forming and and things like that, they were kind of based off of short form, and we'll kind of go over the difference between short form and long form. But they were based out of this sort of short form, and they were uh, introducing these games and sort of experimenting with the games um, that kind of uh, Viola had had created mm-hmm. so many years before, a few decades before. And, and it really, it really, I get, it's so funny because it was so uh, exciting for people to go, oh, I don't have to learn lines. <laughs> like that's what makes Like the lazy man way of doing yeah, it. They it's like, it oh, I get it. But it's crazy because it's a, sh- it's, I mean, there is no easy way out. It's yeah. a skill all its own too. It is really it's a, a skill, skill yeah. all its own. So it's not like you're getting a freebie just because you're not learning the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really, really, helpful in a lot of ways and it then it just started to spread from there and then people changed philosophies over the years then there was the groundlings in la that kind of took it's a little more similar to second city uh ucb created um a whole way to now they were not started in new york with amy Poehler, right they were started some uh in the midwest weren't they because amy Poehler took it over in New York. When you say they, are you talking about Univ- UCB? U- UCB, yeah. Upright uh, Citizens yeah. Brigade. Citizens Brigade. Uh, from what I understand, but they in New York made it really, really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Improv Olympics, 
Um, who else is out there that was big? Well, I yeah. mean, the the big ones were, you know, Second City. Second City, um, right. And then um, IO. Right. Would, um, which was started by Del Close. And right. And then okay. um, the Groundlings and then right. UCB. Right. And so, those were the big ones. Have you guys, where have you guys studied? Um, UCB, Groundlings, IO West, and... Not Second City. Uh, I've I've taken quite a few workshops. I take quite a few workshops actually. John, what about you? The Groundlings. What, what's with the smile? Oh. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Did you do that? <laughs> yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Jeff, I thought you did that. No, you that we can give credit to how Jeff. How do you do that? How do you make that sound with you? your mouth? I don't know. It sounds like mine sounds like a cat. Wow. Anyway, so <laughs> really so, good. So then, the, so what? Re- what deviated a little bit was exploring the ways to do improv. And one way was short form, which are just short scenes with a beginning, middle, and end. You might get a suggestion of you need to utilize a banana in this scene. Two people will star a scene. They might they utilize a banana. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and then you're out. Um, and then. Uh, who started long form? So long form was pretty much uh, developed by Del Close, okay, and uh, some some people that he worked with. Uh, they wrote a book, Truth and Comedy, which okay. kind of goes into Harold, which is uh, a form of of long form. So they developed that in the eighties, okay. And so long form is relatively new, and and mm-hmm. sort of the difference between long form and short form, somewhat of what you said, but also there's not like a crystal clear definition because there is so much play in both of them. But the short form is sort of it incorporates games and things like that and and tactics, right. and they are typically like short, like right. two to five minutes, but it doesn't really have to do with. T- Time and you constantly go back to the audience to get right um, suggestions. suggestions and ideas. Long form is more you probably just get one suggestion and kind of take that. For like it could 10, be a 15, place of 20, like you know a beach in Florida, right? And then you can go spin off, and then you spin and build from uh, things that have been raised within the improv. Yes, yes. And yeah. do they have the same core, or do you think it's a completely different tactic for long form versus short? form and how you study those it's 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 interesting because there is short form implemented in long form so there's these rules that kind of go back and forth in between them and it is a different skill set but a lot of the same core beliefs like yes anding that sort of agreement right um making the the partner look good and and sort of uh, listening and responding and committing point of view, all of these things and form listening in both to all the information because you're going to use pieces of that information right. to build side stories and go from there. You know, so uh, those are the two main types. So, how do you find an improv class? You want to start acting? So, really quickly, like we did last week. Um, we said that you know if you came from any of the New York people that we mentioned. Would kind of be the same thing if they're somehow associated with lineage of, you know, UCB, Groundlings, uh, IO, um, Second City, um, all these places, or teachers that have studied in that way, in, in those places. Our school has teachers like Gabe, mine, and Lincoln have teachers who have studied at all different places. So that makes it a plus that we've studied you know, in different schools and have those disciplines because they're really the core. Um, And then just like last week, very simply, you just go and you should be able to audit. And you, A, watch how they're doing, you know, again, what the, as Holly said, what the teacher, how the teacher is treating the students, how, you know, how it's being nurtured, how it's being done, you know, what they're learning, if they're actually learning stuff. You can audit usually and see that. I think what's a little bit different, just as somebody who's been um, new on the improv scene, I guess. That sounded so weird when it came out. I've been taking improv (laughs) classes. And they don't typically let you audit the same way they let you audit acting classes because there's a set amount of classes per course. And they're not that large as opposed to acting classes, which are ongoing. So if it's like a six-class program, a 12-class program, they don't want you auditing one. But that's usually the big schools. Right, the big schools. But Uh, I'm saying, but if it's a big school, you're probably not going to go wrong is what I mean. Right. Oh, so you're talking about So you don't have to, right. If you don't, you don't have to audit a school if it's going to be one of the major ones. Mm -hmm. If it's going to be Second City or UCB or Crown Links, you know it has a rich history and 
has been around for a long time, and you're going to get something valuable right. from so, those. So I, mean, I guess I'm talking about smaller ones, you know, things, uh, ones that you don't necessarily um, have the big name behind it. I guess the only other way would be to go to their website, same way, look at the students, look at who they've, you know, maybe what their IMDb is and things like that. And the other thing I just wanted to point out to people, because I didn't realize this when I started, is that they are all very different in terms of who they're going after, what kind of thing you're going to be learning. So, right. like, people out here will say, you know, UCB is better improv for writers as opposed to groundlings for actors or whatever it is. Right. Now, people have different feelings on that. But try to uh, put your ear to, ear to the ground a little bit and hear why people take certain ones right. as opposed to others. So and you don't what, just start and one what course. what you would like to work on. Right, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, okay. So we're not going to go into exact, do an improv class here. We'll do that another day. We're going to have kind of a fun improv class, hopefully with uh, uh, Lincoln and hopefully Gabe will be busy anyway, but we'll, um, no, nope, I won't. <laughs> My schedule's fully open. Thanks for having me. And I hope it's the, the New Zealand game. Uh, so, uh, Our audio <laughs> listeners won't even know it's game. Yeah. They won't even know. Uh, so, uh, but we want to tell you why it's crucial to take it. Uh, and we're going to go over two aspects, the, the acting aspect and the um, business act, aspect. Aspect. Thank you. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Number one, as I said jokingly in the thing, it gets you out of your head. Why would you say improv game gets you out of your head? Well, uh, when like Viola and, and uh, you know Keith Johnstone talk about actors like really try and get in – Like they're so cerebral and it's like they set up these exercises to get them out of their head and just get you thinking, just get you like your natural, what's inside of you, your own genius out. So improv really uh, sort of finds your voice. It helps you find your own voice because if you're trying to be somebody else, you're not going to be. You know right. what I mean? Like in acting or anything like that. Right. If you're sitting there, oh, I'm trying to be Marlon Brando or oh, I'm trying right. to be uh, Gary Oldman or James Dean or, or yeah, yeah. You, so you don't you know, mean if Meryl you're trying Streeper. to be the character. You mean if you're trying to be an established actor? If it, no, just no, if, no, you're no. if you're trying to be, to be like, someone you're not without having any root in who you truly are and your instincts or thinking, oh, I'm going to do it this way because I think that's maybe what they like, as opposed to. You know, you just sell who you are, you know, and I've talked about that. Know who you are at the core. And what Gabe is saying is I've always what I say to my students is you would never use your nose to smell food. I mean, sorry, you would never (laughs) use my nose to smell food all the time. You would never use your hand to (laughs) smell food and you would never use your nose to pick up a cup. That that's not the useful thing. And the the fallacy is, and the, what improv really, and a lot of modern spiritualism talks about this too, you are not your brain. Your brain is literally just another part, like your elbow, like your nose, like your hand. And so you don't use your brain in improv. When two little kids run into the field and one picks up a stick and they say, we're soldiers now, and they say, great, and they start dueling with the sticks with like their swords, and then they run over to the... Uh, the playground and say, and that's our castle. They're not thinking and going, ooh, should I? Do you think he'll like it if I say that? that, It's just freedom. It's just complete freedom to envelop yourself in playing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. There there needs to be a sense of play. This is a a creative, artistic endeavor for, I I think, at at its core, you know, and the the more you can find sort of that that play that that inner child mm-hmm. uh, and find yourself like your true artistic voice, the better you are going to be. I think eventually, right? Uh, Listen, and and you need to think to drive down the street and to pay your rent and to hold a job, but. That what um, uh, who gosh who directed the Graduate Mike uh, Michael Jeff uh, knows Michael who is it I don't why, know why, why am I going blind I told you how I feel about trivia Mike Nichols is that Mike, right? Mike Nichols, Nichols yes Mike Nichols <laughs> uh, he he did a two person improv with Elaine May in the that was 50s. a good look for all of us thank you yep. uh, <laughs> but he said listen you have to be the, what's counterintuitive is 
we need to go to a pool and see water and dive off the diving board and know that the water's there. In improv, you have to dive off the diving board and believe that the water will appear, but it will only appear if you dive off the diving board. So you're 100% clearing yourself and trusting it will be there, that you are enough, that you're smart enough, you've lived enough life that things will just come. So it definitely gets you out of your head, which helps all of your acting. It will help any role that you ever have. The less you're in your head, the better people do. That's just a fact. Um, it helps you also, that which dovetails into, if you're out of your head, you're going to trust your instincts more. Choices that you make. Talk about that a little bit, Gabe. Yeah, so um, earlier today I had an audition. Mm-hmm. And I was, like some of how, it's, how, how it was written was sort of, strange and difficult that last line was so weird right out of nowhere and and i was i was i was really just kind of in my head about it Mm -hmm. and then i went back to just my improv training and i was like okay like let's just just try this and find it right and 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 what started happening was just like my natural instinct as to why i would say this and then i found it and then when i went in today uh you know the whole room cracks up and they just go, that's so interesting. Like, we hadn't seen that before. And we, like, really loved that that choice. And it was just after I stopped thinking so much about it and was just like, okay, what, what naturally comes out of me? Why would I say this? You know, I, I got to really, like, improvise it. Right. And then... They just sort of love that. So. Well, this is this is the thing is, and and this is listen for all you actors listening to this is we've been doing it for years, yeah. and you still get in your head. It's the same thing I always say when I, this meditation teacher that had been doing it for like fifty years, John Kabat-Zinn. They said, "Oh, but when does it get easier?" And he goes, "Never." And it's right. true. It all you always have to do the work. You always have to fight the instinct to think because we have to think. 98% of our day we have to think. So we have to it is a struggle to pull that thinking back and to trust our instincts. But that's what training to be an actor is. Um and to go ahead, did you have a question? No. And then the other thing is it to really do improv well and this is a core for acting is you have to listen. You have to listen. You have to listen. You can't build a story. Here's a scene where we're not listening. Watch this. Gabe uh, that banana looks so fresh. Sean, this building is on fire. I'm going to jump out the window now. Goodbye, Sean. <laughs> See, he wasn't listening to what I said. Maybe he just didn't care much about the banana. Uh, he, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> now, if he would have said, why live if I have to live in a world with fresh bananas. Yeah. Then I would have <laughs> known he was listening. He was listening. <laughs> then he was listening. But that's the thing, is you, is you have to listen. And all of acting is listening. Um, it's it's uh, Acting is reacting. Acting is reacting, but you can't react unless I'm listening to mm-hmm. what you're doing. So it's crucial. And, and then by listening, trusting yourself, then your instincts, trusting your instincts, then you start building stories. And yourself starts to come out and if you know yourself your acting gets better right and i'll just say this like at least from what my philosophy on acting is because there are different i've had the fortune to go and teach in shanghai and 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 ancient sort of chinese way of acting is very sort of different Mm -hmm. we have a western kind of way of acting and and the acting that i value is people having like a real experience Mm -hmm. like each sort of time that that they they do that which absolutely requires you to be present to be listening to somebody mm-hmm. that uh whoever is uh, on stage with you or whoever you're supposed to be on the phone with or anything like that right and and it really in order to have that sort of experience you have to get into that situation and right. so each one of these things uh the listening part the the sort of reacting the getting um, out of your head get, completely getting out of your head and, and being present all of that is necessary in improv like improv right. forces you to do that and right. sort of function that way yeah and if you get those, then it's going to spread out into any acting that you do, which takes us to the last thing. The more you do that, the more confidence you get 
in your artistic choices. And quite frankly, you become confident, period, in your acting. Um, if you have to go in front of a bunch of people and they say, build a scene based on a raisin, and you can do that, then when you do have a scene, it's going to be a little bit easier. I just did a showcase with the Flux Comedy Dojo. Did we show the picture of the Flux Comedy Dojo teachers? I don't know. We might have. We might have. Um, yes, here it is again. Mm-hmm. Um, the handsome guys in the middle. Uh, the um, <laughs> uh, and and so we did a showcase on. Friday night, our improv show. And then the same actors had uh, one-act plays and a showcase for their drama class the Saturday and Sunday. And the uh, teacher, Holly, came to me and said, everybody who did the improv show on Friday night all walked into their uh, scene nights so much better than they had been at any rehearsal. And they said, well, since I did that and stretched, it was like lifting 50 pounds that now doing this made it seem like I was lifting 30 pounds, which was amazing, you know? And, and they said they were just much more confident, much hap- happier, looser, um, and it definitely can help both. Absolutely. Do you guys ever find it challenging, though, when you are so... Uh, when improv becomes your life and then you get a script and you're like, but would I... Like, I have to find the way that I would say this, but I wouldn't say this. My character wouldn't say this. I would say this because in improv, you just get to say whatever you want. You don't have to stick to that. In improv, you're finding your voice. You're the writer and the, you're the storyteller and the actor. In acting, you are being of service to the storyteller. So it's a different skill. You do need to take off one hat and put on the other sometimes. I had a coach who, you know... I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I'll tell it someday about me losing the part in uh, um, Mike Myers' movie, uh, Wayne's World, because I just didn't know how to take off my serious drama hat. And they wanted me to just be goofy, funny. And they gave me like two. It was written for me. And I lost it because I didn't know how to switch those hats. So you have to know the different skills and when it's which is, you know, which is great, stronger for your improv training, which is stronger for acting training and i would also say that actually almost sort of the opposite if i get this and i say well my character would never say that i i have more of a playground to jump into and go okay why would i say this Mm -hmm. like what would make my character say this and i have so many like um examples to sort of draw off of and it'll be like oh it's that one time i was in an improv scene and i was robbing a pizza store because my wife was pregnant and i didn't right. have any money and so it's like this weird yeah, yeah. thing but it, it just gives point. me so much fodder to kind of yeah. then explore why i would say something like that right right so it's also helpful in business it's not just helping your acting but it helps your business career. And we'll go through these uh, kind of quickly because we're kind of winding down. But it f- absolutely helps in auditions. Crucial in commercial auditions. Absolutely. Crucial. Absolutely. They give you minor stuff and they want to see what you do with it. What were you going to say, Roxanne? Well, I, I think 100% accurate. I mean, I've been told to be a tree in commercial auditions. Yeah. I've been told I'm f- throwing a frozen turkey to my uh, father across the room, and you've, you've right. got nothing. There's right. nothing there, and you have to be able to see Build something. something out of nothing. So uh, definitely, and commercial auditions are a great way to make a living out here. Yeah. So it, it's really important for that. Absolutely, and a lot of times they want to see what you bring to the copy. They want a button. Everybody wants a fun button at the end of commercial auditions now, and a button is basically a closing to the commercial that they haven't written. The milk commercial that I got famous for was uh, was they didn't have an ending. And it was me with the peanut butter, and they just want they give, gave us a lot of peanut butter and bread. We got angry, and then they didn't give us anything else. But they, but we went through the script, and we knew that we lost. Uh, I don't know if you have a picture of the milk commercial, better yet, there, a video, Jeff, or a video of it. But the, uh, uh, but at the very end, he loses ten thousand dollars because he doesn't do it, and all, everyone else was getting mad and throwing the phone and stomping down or pounding the peanut butter or anything and uh i was the only one who looked at it like oh my life is pointless and i got really sad and kind of looked at the phone and they went that's it we have an ending and i improvised that and then when we got to the set they said do that 
literally just do that. We're going to shoot exactly what you did in the audition. And that literally came from my improv training. And that moment changed my career. Steven Spielberg saw it, loved it. And that's how I got into Twister and met his friends and did Never Been Kissed. And because he was friends with Drew Barrymore and Tom, uh, Tom Hanks and did, uh, the thing you do. The thing you do. And, you know. And you've been in so many things that you don't remember the names. Hopefully I don't even remember the good names. Problems to but have. I'm just saying it's, it was, it that was great. Guy, and then Tom Hanks. Yeah. That, that yeah. Tom. So anyway, it, it, it's crucial on auditions. Um, it helps you on sets. Same things will happen to you. Uh, they're going to, I literally did Rob Zombie's movie. I did the first scene in a certain way. The second scene, he said, I don't, I don't, what you did, I like so much in the first scene. I want to change the second scene. Let's do it. And he, Sherry Moon Zombie and myself wrote a brand new scene right on the spot that we shot based on the character I had done in the first one. He just goes, yeah, let's throw this out. It doesn't really work. And if I didn't have improv training, that would be ex- totally frightening for me. Have you had experience with that on the set? Oh, yes. Yeah, tons of experience where you have to sort of switch on a dime. Uh, just, you know, you, you came and saw the play and say I, I was unrecognizable. If I didn't have improv training... Like, I've had to, I've gone into a set having a fully formed character, and then they go, well, this person came in with this, and it's really too similar. So you got to come up with something completely different. Right. And then being able to completely do a different character, like, on the spot after everything you have crafted. Like, if you had to just be a New Zealander for a day, you know? He's ready. Never know. He's ready. I did a <laughs> I did a comedy where I was like super wacky, and they said Jack Nicholson, do Jack Nicholson, and I knew it was from The Shining, and all of a sudden I had to go from literally nerdy goofy to Jack Nicholson in The Shining. One, I knew the reference, uh, which we'll talk about in another show as we talk about. But secondly, I I had to change on a dime, and the camera was rolling. They didn't stop. They said, "Okay, just keep the camera rolling." Now, Sean, I want you to do it like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Done. And I had to do that in, in, in Lost. I think I told that story where they kept on yelling, like, do it mean, do it whiny, do it condescending, do it frustrate, you know, and you have to be able to do that. Yeah. It's actually just happened to me for the, the first um, feature that I shot um, where I was cast. A, it's uh, Jay Muse's directorial debut. So it's, he's new at this. And I okay. was told that I was going in to do like a TMZ style broadcaster, okay. which is very different. And I showed up. They said we cast somebody else for a TMZ style broadcaster. We actually need you to be like news anchor. Very like Channel 5, you know. And mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There you and go. I was like, yep, got it. Five minutes later, we had to shoot. So right. it was like I had been practicing for a week every day i sure done it done it the same way and then i was like all right never mind and yeah. then you just kind of have to be like i got it no yeah, worries it's out the window yeah the other thing that it's helpful for and really quickly is just your writing the more you can learn how to tell storytelling then you write i talked about and we will talk about the proactivity of learning more than one craft when you're out here as an actor to be a writer to be, learn directing learn writing so you can do many different things again the big movie coming out is Bradley Cooper's directorial debut and everyone's saying it's amazing. Star is born. Star is born. So um, that, as I've talked about, people don't do just one thing. But it really helps in your writing because you're constantly doing storytelling and a lot of the sketches, they, I mean, Gabe and I just improv stupid stuff over texts or phone calls. But from those things, or yeah. or just a moment will happen. You guys happen. improv text? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What uh, does that even mean? We'll just go <laughs> we back just and forth for like hours and, forth, and like one-upping each other. Until, until literally like our significant others are like, can you guys stop it's three like, in the morning yeah it's three in the morning but i and but no but the thing that's sad about us we're like but i have to get one more in <laughs> that's funny that'll top his mm-hmm. and uh, one I, time i we'll, need proof of this we'll, we'll have to different yeah. show i we, want some yeah proof. We'll, do, we'll do some of our we did a great text about oh, me okay. putting on a show in my living room because he was on it it started he was on a set with our friend that was doing the improv thing with us kendall and i said hey have you done this thing goes sorry we're busy we're working actors on a set and i said how dare you i'm working on a show too inside my apartment it's gonna be a fabulous (laughs) (laughs) thank you did you do that Yes, no. that was my. That mind. was his <laughs> him again. Wow! But, but then I said, "I'm," and 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 then he said, "Oh well, I don't want to be part of that show." And I said, "Well, I'm gonna, you know, it's gonna be called Elevator to the Top." And then he texted back, "He's like, oh, 
well, what was some of your your reviews? He did a reviewer saying like this. Unfortunately, this elevator show stuck kept me stuck in the basement. Like all these different reviews, and then we started going the cast, yeah. and we just kept texting back and forth. But a lot of our writing of our sketches that we've done will be a minuscule idea, and I'll call Gabe and I'll say, listen, I thought. The two guys at 7-Eleven. I heard a guy at 7-Eleven. And the guy was counting his change. And he's just like, yeah, money. He's like, man, we all need money. That means you got to have a job. You, If you don't have money, you don't have an apartment. You don't have a car. You don't have nothing. You need money for everything. And the guy was just working in the cash register. He goes, yeah, man, money is what you need. And if you don't got a job, you don't get no money. And you need money. He's like, yeah, we need money. And then he gave him his change and he left. And I said, he wouldn't, I call him, I go, dude, it was just so stupid. Like, what would happen if the cash register didn't work? And they had to just keep it going. And so we were just <laughs> making, and there was two ways to go. One, like, being uh, simple things like, yeah, oxygen. Man, man, you need you oxygen. Need, yeah, man. If I breathe in, I got to breathe out. And then we just kept going on that route. And then, I mean, so we just, and so it's we were. kind of amazing. And so we started crafting a sketch, and we haven't really figured which way it's going to go, but we have this germ of an idea that, you know, it's just, it just keeps going. Oh, no, then we were doing like tangenting off of money itself. Like, going, if I want to buy a salad, I need that leafy green. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so it's it's like with that we will we do this we for do like this for hours. hours. It's yeah. ridiculous, but a lot of shows that are written like this, like do, if you watch like, like South Park and stuff like that in their writing rooms, it's just they they just pull ideas and they're like, oh, here's something that's funny, and and initially you just go, okay, that's not funny, but if your mind is kind of geared that way, you start extrapolating, oh, what could be funny about right. that? And then just this brilliance sort of comes out of yeah. that. Or if you're family guy and you just keep repeating it, and then it finally <laughs> yeah. gets funny. You yeah, need yeah. money. Money. Yeah, yeah, money? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and man. then lastly, very quickly, it just helps in your meetings. If you can think on your feet in any kind of meeting with a producer, a director, anything, and you can think on your feet, and if they start talking about a movie, it just gives you confidence that you'll be fine no matter what they throw at you. Um, you don't freeze up because you're relaxed and open and you let things flow, um, that things will happen. And so in meetings, business meetings of any kind, and even, you know, people have said dating and anything, anything, you have the confidence that I'll be fine. I'll be fine whatever's thrown at me. In life, corporations literally pay yeah. improvisers to come and teach this to their team. Salespeople, right. I do this stuff all the time. I just went and did um, a team beating a team a team beating meeting. A team beating. Uh, it's it's a yeah. new way. A t- Get building. those guys in line. <laughs> <laughs> a team I'm building meeting. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, uh, yeah, and so th- they. Just to get people out of their head, how to talk to people, how to just kind of relax and, and free right. flow and things like that. So very important in so life. Very, so it's acting. important in your That's acting. Awesome. It's important in your business. Now, we wrap up the show every week with talking to Roxy about her week. Obviously, we just heard about this uh, thing you filmed, yeah. which is cool. Roxy's and then how week. did Roxy's week? Roxy's week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be good. When it comes, yeah. it will be good. Yeah. Uh, so now you know what we're doing, at least. So um, tell us, like, how do you, how do you see these things? Um, what could you work on in your as a beginning actress? I think that what's so cool because you guys have been doing this together is that you do have that chemistry. So I feel like that's another reason why I really need to get back to Groundlings and and take my the advanced class because I you lose touch with people and then you don't right. have those people you can text things with. So right. I've been like sitting hemming and hawing about it, but. I really just need to find the time in my schedule and just right. and just do it. And yeah. Just do it because Get it's so to fun it. too. It is so fun. And and it you make really like some of my lifelong when I came to Los Angeles, my lifelong friends are the guys I went to college with and the people I were in, I was in Groundlings with for sure. And still today? Yeah. Absolutely. That's pretty absolutely. Cool. Yeah, it's really it's a, it's a great way to bond with people. Yeah, and get your creative family, which is I think a crucial thing. Huge. But I'm sure that's yeah. another show. But we I mean, t- we well, we t- did talk about that. You know why you study because you the connections and the and the networking and everything. 100%. You need a creative family for sure. Um, 
we will be doing uh, – I know we said we were going to do that acting class this week. Um, Kathleen had some personal things, so it didn't work out. We're going to be doing that next week. And oh, here's a great story. I was just at this audition, and they said – I said, I have to get to this podcast. They said, why? What is it about? I told them, and they said, my God, you have to give me give me the name because I have like – 10 actors that I want to listen to this right away. They need to learn these things because I gave them a rundown. So uh, pass this on, uh, everybody, and let your friends hear it. We are on iTunes, How to Be an Actor with Sean Whalen. Please rate us um, if you like the show. If you don't, pretend you never heard it. (laughs) Um, And then... uh, uh, you can find us on YouTube. Give yeah. us a thumbs up. I want to. I want to hear what you guys have to say yeah. because people are watching this, and I'm hearing from the people that we're close to that are watching it. Like, and, and our friends are brutally honest, so they would yeah. say if it sucks <laughs> that they're really enjoying it and they're asking questions in person. But if you guys are listening to this and you're like, "Wait a minute, I still don't know which improv class is right mm-hmm. for me," and I'm in LA, Sean, can you give me advice on this? Or yes. like, you know, I really like Gabe's vibe. How do I take one of his classes? Or right. what kind of improv do you recommend for this kind of? Attitude? whatever it is we want to know what questions you have so that we yeah, can answer send them. us some questions so we can start to build we'd love to build a segment in the show where we're answering your questions so please send them to us um via youtube via um our twitter at that guy smw and um instagram is the same you can find me on facebook i just got a message from a woman who said her 12, 14 and 16 year old daughter they listen to the podcast every time they drive to auditions, and they find it so helpful. That's great. Yes. Yeah, so I love that. It's really, awesome. really great. Find me on Facebook and message me that way. You can find us uh, at Roxy Stryer. Yeah, keep it nice and easy. Keep it nice and easy. Gabe is... Uh, Instagram got is the Gabriel Greer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know Twitter? Uh, Gabriel Greer, at Gabriel Greer. There you go. Yeah. And uh, if you really want to take a New Zealand game class, that's very specialized. Um, yeah, you got to pay a lot of money for you that. you got to pay a lot of money for that. That's, that's, not, a, that's not an easy one. Kiwi Listen, game. keep yeah. us, uh, uh, keep listening to us, share with your friends. Uh, thanks for listening. And as always, thanks. Thank you for letting me be. I've messed up my line. I have one line the whole show. But you know what? You didn't Every, panic. It's the improv skills. It's You're the not improv throwing skills. things across the care. room. You're not crying. Gabe, give me a way to do it. Throw me yeah. a way to do it. Uh, do it like Sylvester Stallone. And uh, thanks for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 